Father John Misty, Real Love Baby single dropped. It had been out for a little while on SoundCloud before. Let's get that chorus one more time. It's coming back soon. So good. You get the point. New Father John coming at you hot. That's not my artist of the week. That's just a song I wanted to play. It's exciting. It's coming out with new music. Why the hell not? Uh, this is Content for the Culture at episode 18. And um, we doing this shit live, yo. And I'm saving this for the start of the broadcast. What's that you hear? What's that? Is that a soda can? Uh, No. It's a tropical IPA, motherfucker. You guessed wrong, okay? It's fruity, but it's got the hops as well, all right? It's a fucking IPA, so I can still drink and call myself a man, all right? Well, Content for the Culture, episode 18, great news. I'm recording this on a new computer. Um, I ended up getting the MacBook Air, so I'm fucking excited uh, this is the true test. I keep like feeling under my computer, like how hot's it going to get? Is it going to be able to keep up? Literally, I'm like, I'm recording a fucking podcast a day after I buy this damn thing because I'm returning this shit. If it's not working, I'm not going to fucking deal with this anymore. Uh, but it's it's fucking great. Anybody who's listened to this, con- uh, this podcast before uh, definitely knows I've had my technical issues. So I fucking am very excited and uh, going to play some music through the interface I got here, kind of like I was last time, hopefully this time without interruptions, because I enjoyed doing that. I think that's kind of a better way to spread the music around to you guys, as opposed to me talking about it sometimes, too, because then you can hear it for yourself and maybe make up your mind. But anyways, what are you doing here? What are we what are we doing here? What am I doing here? Why am I podcasting right now? Um, this is content for the culture. We talk about music, movies, television um, and anything else that comes to my mind. And, uh, last week I had to leave you with a short episode again because of the, te- the uh, technical difficulties. So 
I apologize for that, but either way, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And like I said, that's Father John Misty's new song, Real Love Baby. And uh, I got some new music to uh, to suggest to you guys. Um, I'll play for you and uh, a couple shows to talk about. And then nothing really on the movie front. So we'll get to all that. And um, I'll probably say the TV shows for the end. So anybody who listens knows we start off with music. And I kind of want to start off with a news story I was thinking about. Uh, Father John Misty's tirade on stage um, when he was, I, I don't know what music festival it was, but it was some music festival and he got in the news because he got up on stage and I think it was like probably the day after Donald Trump gave his speech at the uh, Republican National Convention um, in Ohio. So I think, you know, he was fucking pissed or something, you know, which I mean, whatever, I get it, you know, and that's typically artists, um, generally lean that way, uh, versus, you know, lean, lean a little left as opposed to right. Typically speaking, um, I don't really want to take political sides. Like I said, last episode, I don't really want to fucking get into it because it's just something I'm not well versed in. I'd make a fool of myself. And plus who you don't come here to listen to that. So, um, either way I get it. And Trump's a polarizing figure. So I understand he was, he was frustrated and, um, I, something threw him off. And if you've ever heard him talk before, he's kind of a, uh, he's an interesting, intelligent dude. So anyways, he ends up getting on the, uh, getting on the stage and goes off on like a fucking just not, I mean, I don't even know if you'd call it a tangent. I don't know what it is, but just kind of fucking talk shit, uh, going off on that. And, it, but vaguely, not like not like explicitly stated. I mean, that's kind of how he he's a very intelligent person. So it's almost you have to dissect what he says. Anyways, it's like his songs, you know, they're so well written, just the same as him just fucking talking in general. And then he plays like a 10 minute version of like a new song or something. I don't know the exact story. Not fact checking here. And then just gets off the fucking stage. And I mean, Jesus, I, I like I took different sides to that because I remember I went through his Twitter and I kind of saw what he was saying and how like his responses to everything and how he's like, I didn't take the fucking check. And then it also came out recently that he turned down $250,000 to do a Chipotle ad that I think the guy from my morning jacket and some other artists did instead. But uh, first of all, I love Chipotle. I would have a hard time turning that down. That's a big fucking check. Um, but then again, I guess it's kind of selling out, but, but as for the show, as for him going off, I, I, on one hand, I'm kind of like, I understand that that is the artist's responsibility in terms of not, I mean, I guess that's not their responsibility, I guess, literally speaking, because his responsibility should be to play music on stage, which I guess he did for 10 minutes, but you know, plays all set and look, he didn't take the paycheck. But on the other hand, I understand that like a lot of artists and musicians and filmmakers and anybody in, in that kind of profession it's their responsibility to speak up and they, you know, see something wrong and, and they try to because they have a voice and, and they have listeners. So I don't really know where I stand on it. I just kind of wanted to bring it up because I, on one hand, I understand where he's coming from. I get it. He's pissed off at Trump. And I think he, like, it seemed like he was like very affected. But on the other hand, I'm like, damn, if I was a festival goer, because I'm trying to get out to FYF fest in LA, which I'm, I'm not going to be able to afford. I don't think. And, um, it has in a sick fucking lineup and it's just two days, which honestly sounds perfect. Like I would love that just like a one night in between. It's kind of, it, you know what I liken it to quick tangent real quick. You know, I always like, I've always said to people with Vegas or even with like Mexico, any kind of trip like that, you're always better off doing just two days 
because you're going to have that first night and you're going to fucking be so excited, have all that adrenaline. You're going to have a crazy night. You're going to have a great night. And then you're going to wake up the next day and you're just going to be like, what the fuck? I don't feel like, I feel like shit. I don't want, you know, hungover, whatever it is, sleepy, not sleepy, whatever. Let's be real. You're gonna be hungover and in multiple ways. And either way you wake up and you go, fuck, I just, you know what? Fuck it. I have one night. I have one night. I'm here. Why can't, you know, why not? And that was the problem with Coachella. I'm like, I have to fucking camp in this shit for three goddamn days. What is this man versus wild? Like, fuck naked and afraid. Good Lord. I can't handle it. So, I mean, I, I comparing it to what the fans are going through. I mean, if I was going to, and and sorry, that was just my explanation. Why FYFS sounds amazing. I'm not really connecting it to the point. Um, but I was seeing, I guess I am. I see FYFS. I see the lineup. I see Moby DJing. I see Mac DeMarco, Tame Impala, father, John Misty, um, and mind you, these aren't even like the real headliners. Like the headliners are like, I think fucking Kendrick Lamar, still LCD sound system. I mean, it's like jam packed with, you know, M83, everybody from Coachella and more essentially. And I was thinking about that festival. I saw Father John and I'm like, damn, like I really want to see him. I missed out on seeing him at the Marquee Theater here in Phoenix. I fucking blew it like a very intimate setting, not too intimate, but just, you know, big enough where it'd be a big crowd, but you could still kind of be in the show, not be far away. You know, it's not like a fucking Guns N' Roses show at, you know, some amphitheater where you're sitting in the lawn and I fucking blew it on going to that. So I would love to see him live. I would absolutely love it. But if I went there and he did something like that, like on one hand, you're like, okay, I guess I'm a part of history or something. But on the other, you're like, fuck that. I paid money to see him. So I don't really know where I stand on it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, that's like for me sitting where I am now, I'm kind of like, that's awesome. Classic father, John Misty. But then I put myself in the shoes of the audience goer and I'm like, ah, that would fucking blow. That would just be such a bummer. I, so I, I just bring it up and kind of just go on a tangent, but Either way, let's just fucking rejoice in the fact that he put out a new single. It's exciting. Um, I don't know if he's putting out a new album or anything, but he hasn't mentioned anything. Oh, man, that's a good fucking beer. I'm sorry. Grapefruit IPAs are just awesome. It's a perfect combination of like sour, sweet, hoppy, fucking incredible flavor combo. But yeah, anyways, put out a song. That's good. If you went to that festival, I'm sorry. I'm assuming I don't have any listeners that saw him at the festival, but if you did, I apologize. My thoughts to you. My thoughts to you. So um, on the music front, there was some other stuff I wanted to talk about. Let's see. So there was some other new... So I wanted to go through a couple new albums, and then I have an artist. I don't think I'm going to have time to get into it. We're already at 11 minutes in, but just because he... I don't know. I don't know where to really go. So we'll start with this guy, Mark Barrett. Let's get let's get him rolling. So I actually have him on the content for the culture playlist already, but I don't think I've ever actually played him or, or uh, suggested his music. So he has two albums out. One's called Sketches from an Island, um, and then one's and then the other one's called Sketches from an Island Two. Very creative. Uh, the first one came out 2014. This one came out 2016, and it came out July 1st. So it's been out for a little bit. I didn't see it for a little while. Sorry, I just hit the mic. I didn't see it for a little bit because, uh, you know, Spotify's notifications are absolute garbage and I bitched about those on the podcast before. Um, but it's, it's like kind of ambient, not, uh, not ambiance music or anything, but there's no lyrics. It's like electronic music. And to give you an idea, like there's 
the album that his first album is, and I don't even count it as an album because I mean I'm assuming it's him, but it's kind of strange. It like has like one of those images. It's called Inner Harmony. Like and it's like that image of like rocks on on like on a pond or something. I don't know. Like one of those albums that you see at like 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 a CD. Like people people only buy this in CD form. Like you, I remember being at like Target and there would be those like sound boards essentially and you'd put on the fucking headphones with like the coily wire and I hope someone can relate to this because I, I hope I'm not crazy and you'd put it on and you'd have like 50 choices and this is when like CDs were a thing you'd like go in a store and be like oh my god like I need to have this it's like now you know oh I need to have this I need to YouTube it and use my data that's how I'll pay for it like and and I always just picture that like it has like 50 albums and one's like, I mean, they, they have obviously like the nineties hip hop hits and you got fucking like Sir Mix a lot. And you know, I don't, I don't know, like ice cube who the fuck knows. And then on the other side you have like the relaxing, um, you know, like, in, like this inner harmony, like that's literally what it is. So it kind of gives you the wrong idea. Um, but then you listen to these newer albums and they're actual albums, they're electronic albums. So I, and I haven't even listened to the first one, so maybe I need to give it a shot, but they're actual electronic albums, but they're a little out there. So you definitely have to go into it with an open mind. So let me get something rolling here from the new album and we'll, uh, we'll get you started with some Mark Barrett and then we'll move on to my suggested new artist of the week. Okay. So I just had to play some of the songs to see what I wanted to play first. Um, I'm actually going to play Mark Barrett's song from his first album, Sketchers from an Island, not the second one, uh, just to kind of give you a feel for what his music is like. Like I said, it's kind of strange out there electronic, but uh, going with an open mind. You're not going to hear lyrics, I'll tell you that much. Um, one of his songs that I do really enjoy, I think it's like 10 minutes long, and you feel like you're in a fucking jungle the entire time. So it really kind of takes you to a time and a place. Uh, not even a time, more just a place. So um, here goes nothing. This kind of takes me back to like 70s funk, but I don't I don't even know. It's so interesting. Just wait, just wait for the flute. That's that's when it's the game changer. coming they're building it up I mean, like, how do you even describe how that, like, that sound? It's so interesting. Um, it's one of those things, like, I literally feel like I'm in the 1970s, like, on an acid trip, and there's, like, a fucking, I don't know, like, <laughs> there's someone playing the flute, and I'm, like, in the class. It looks like, uh, you know, like, the trips that they have in, uh, in, I think it's Step Brothers or Anchorman, and they, like, have these fantasies. And you're just in like the clouds. It's like, I don't know what I'm, it's so out there and strange, but for whatever reason, I enjoy it. it it's really unique. It's really unique. 
Um, and I'm trying to think of what happens in that movie. It's fucking hilarious, though. Okay, so let's play another one here. Um, I can just picture Will Ferrell in, like, the heavens with, with uh, Moses or something. And then we're just listening to this music, and they're, like, smoking a joint. And it's, like, super offensive or something. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's just strange. All right, so here's from his newest album. We have Brunch with Suki. The names are always so good, okay? Here we go. I'll play a couple ones from this. Um, again, just super funky and unique. It's unlike anything you've ever heard, and that's why you listen to this podcast, so... You kind of get the feel for the music a little bit. It's very out there, but very, very unique. Um, let's play one more. I mean, again, a lot of his stuff is very like nature-based, I think. And like I said, I heard one of his songs, and it's like 10 minutes long, and I feel you literally are like in a jungle. Um, this song is called Cirrus and Cumulus, like the clouds. So, again, another strange one. I mean, you can hear the birds chirping in the background. But it's fucking cool. It's fucking cool. So I'll chat a little bit. Um, oh, I mean, you can hear the birds in the background. I mean, it's just so fucking unique. It's so cool. It's so cool that someone can make music like that electronically, you know? Like, how incredible is that? And that's that's kind of where I get enjoyment out of it. Um, but n- the next artist I'm going to play is, uh, again, I was talking last week. I've been getting into jazz a little bit. And uh, I think I may have teased this artist a little bit. Um, they're called Bad Bad Not Good, and which I think is a funny name, clever name. Like no bad, like bad, bad, <laughs> not not good, bad, and uh, and I think they played, I think they played Coachella. I didn't see them, unfortunately. I was a little more focused on like the electronic musicians, but um, they're definite instrumentalists, and they play basically, I would say, a like present day version of uh, of jazz mixed with like funk. And I, they did an album with a rapper, uh, I don't know his name, but they did like a full album with him where they're just like they're playing all the beats. It's so cool. And um, they have just a fucking phenomenal sound. And I think they're a great band for somebody who maybe is like, what the fuck? I don't like jazz. Um, but if you kind of just give them a listen, they're a li- they're progressive enough where you might be able to enjoy them. So let me get a song ready here. I'm going to pause this. But you get the idea of Mark Barrett. Again, that's Mark Barrett and spelled Mark, obviously. And then last name B-A-R-R-O-T-T. I think I have this on the content for the culture playlist. And, you know, 
many others as well. You know how I do it. So let me pause this and we'll um, get the other artists queued up. All right, so I got them queued up. I'm ready to go. And uh, I'm gonna actually gonna play a song from the album before this newest one came out entitled Four with Roman numerals. It, I think it came out either last week or the week before. Uh, bad, bad, not good, fucking awesome band. Um, very jazzy feel. Kind of one of those bands that you know you look on related artists, you'll see people like Thundercat, um, maybe like even Kamazi Washington. Just kind of that funky, progressive, new age jazz sound that is totally made for people um, our age that don't want to listen to like old school jazz from like the '60s or something that might be a little too dated, you know. So, um, without further ado, I'm gonna get them going, and then um, this first song is called Confessions. And, uh, just a side note too, this is probably gonna be the last artist featured. And then I got to get into some other stuff too. Don't want to keep you too long. Um, but as for, uh, as for like a new artist next week, I know I'm definitely going to feature, um, this guitarist. And so if you're into that kind of music, he's like, a, it's very like instrumental guitar rock, but it has like a very folk feel and an emphasis on feel. Okay. Um, it kind of gives that Neil Young vibe almost, but again, no lyrics. So I'm going to, I'm going to get that to you next episode and get, get excited for that. But as for now, we have bad, bad, not good with confess confessions. I fucked up that intro confessions. Here we go. Also so far, no problems with the computer. How exciting is this? Let's fucking groove baby. So again, like like I said, um, definite jazz band, but progressive enough. I mean, you can just feel that tight beat. Like, how can you not tap your foot or bob your head or something like that? Like, I was just kind of dancing a little bit myself. Uh, I, I just highly recommend them. Um, again, this is from an album that's a little bit older, but uh, nonetheless still good. And, and if you're into rap or anything like hip-hop related, uh, like I said, they did some other albums. Let me see. Let me go to their artist page real quick before I talk out of my ass. So we have three and four. I know there's something else on here. Oh shit, I can't find it. Hmm, they must have taken it off or it might be under a different name because they had a, I can't remember what the name of the band is that they had an artist, but I'm sure if you just looked up the band on Wikipedia, you'd find it. Um, either way, a great new album and something to start with to get you into jazz. Let's play one more from them and then I'm gonna play uh, one song from an artist I featured last week and then we'll get into some other stuff. Alright, this song is entitled Structure Number Three, and it's off of album four. Alright, here goes nothing. Enjoy. Kinda creepy at the start. It's like I'm gonna give you a minute 30 of it though. A little creepy at the start. 
but it gets rolling and just you feel that groove in those drums. Mmm. Reminds me of the uh, John Mayer Thundercat, Steve Jordan beat I was throwing you last week. Just that tight groove. Good for anybody. It doesn't matter what kind of music you're into. It doesn't matter if you like jazz. You just can't help but tap your foot, and that's when you know it's a good song. All right, let's go. like a stand-up bass, doesn't it? I honestly think that's like the perfect example of why I like this band. Just that transition coming out of nowhere, that's nothing you're going to hear in old school jazz. I mean, listen to that. I mean, that sounds like something out of like an, like a washed out song or something. I, you know, it's like an, that's an electronic instrument that's not anything you know that's so fucking cool that they mix it in with the uh with the jazz groove it's very very unique very progressive like i've been saying the whole fucking time i'm repeating myself but damn is it worth it because god this band is fucking awesome all right you get the point they groove baby let's get a little bit more of it and then we're hopping off Feel those drums coming a little bit. All right. So, anyways, um, the next song I'm gonna play is from Dev Hines, aka Blood Orange, that I featured last week on his album. And uh, I, actually, wait. No, that's not who I featured last week. La- or, or last week, last episode, I featured Damn Funk. But um, this episode, I'm going to be featuring Dev Hines, who was featured two episodes before. Sorry about that. I mixed up uh, when it actually happened. So, uh, yeah, Blood Orange is what he goes by. I featured that album. I can't remember what it's called. But either way, let's queue up this YouTube video. So the reason I'm going to play it um, is he, it, it's him playing live. And I was researching him as an artist because I, I really think the true test of a musician is when you, you know, YouTube them live. Um, just like when I told you, oh, well, YouTube John Mayer live on that Thundercat video. And then you'll, then you'll have a little bit of respect for him no matter what. Um, so I, I do ultimately think that's kind of what it's, that's, that's when you really know, uh, about their talent, know how good they really can be. And this guy is fucking incredibly talented. I started off with a video. That was the first thing that came up and it was actually him just playing by himself. He had like a MacBook lined up. He was playing for, I think like KXP or something in Seattle, of course. And, um, 
he's like playing like two notes on a piano the entire time. And then he's got an electric guitar in his lap and then he's singing in a mic and he's just doing this all by himself, uh, in real time, you know, like a five minute song. It's a beautiful piece. And then on top of that, he just makes such unique, uh, such unique music with that, with that one video. And so I was like, all right, well, let's see, can this guy really play guitar? And so I YouTubed his name guitar and, and, and here you have it. And so you're just going to hear him have a lot of fucking effect on this guitar It's awesome. It's not even, um, that he's playing anything insanely hard. I, I think I remember him shredding at some point, but overall he just has such a great, um, effect on, on, on the, uh, instrument. And then on top of that, uh, he's singing before and it's just so cool. He like straps up the guitar. So let's get it rolling and I'll, I'll try and narrate as best I can. But if you want to watch it for yourself, it's called bad girls by blood orange at pitchfork media 2013. So let's pump it up. We'll just get through the one guitar solo and then we'll get to talking to other stuff. Pitchfork Music Festival was last weekend, by the way. I wish I could have gone. That bass right there, dude. This guy is funky. That's not him playing it, but that's his band. Dude, this guy has got so much fucking swag. You need to watch this video. I think I'm going to link it up on the... Uh, on, on the website. Just be patient here. This solo is so worth it. It's fucking badass. Because this whole time he's just singing. Singing over the mic. No, no, no guitar strap or anything. Strapping up, baby. Let's go. Here it comes. And it's not even anything he's playing is like that technically difficult. It's more just about the feel. It's just so good. He's just one of those musicians who he, he, he's been doing it since he's a kid, I'm sure. Something like that. You know, it's intrinsic to him. God, so much feel on that solo. I love it. All right, well, that does it for the music. We're about a half hour in. Very music heavy on this pod. Let's pause this shit. All right. So that about does it for the music portion, half an hour. Usually I spend like 10 or 15 minutes on it. Um, I hope you enjoy the new format because usually I just I just talk about it and I figure I might as well play, for, play it for you and then you can hear it through here. So um, any feedback is appreciated. 
Um, I had a friend reach out to me through the website specifically, which was awesome because there's a contact portion. And uh, that was funny. He asked me a good question. Um, I was actually thinking of bringing it up on here too, because it, it wasn't, it was a good question in terms of um, kind of making you think and, and really analyzing uh, different eras of music and, and just really any kind of medium. And he, his question was kind of like, do you judge people that listen to the new era of music and completely disregard where it came from, you know, completely, uh, ignore its origin, its foundation. You know, if you, you know, and, and that's such a tough question to answer, you know, because you got something like bad, bad, not good, which I obviously suggested this week and progressive jazz band, somebody, anybody can really get into. And then you have something like, I think what was his example? I can't remember. It was a male listener. I'll just get, I'll clue it in like that. I'm not going to name drop though. Um, I can't remember what the example was, but you know, or like listening to, um, I don't know, fucking Calvin Harris or something and not request, not, not liking Daft Punk. I mean, I'm, and they actually came from probably techno music back in the eighties and nineties and NYC, but actually I think bad, bad, not good is a perfect example. You know, listening to a kind of like that progressive jazz sound and completely disregarding, you know, John Coltrane or um, Herbie Hancock. I don't you know. These are just a couple of names coming to mind right now. Old musicians, old jazz musicians, legends. And I, you know, I think my answer was no, I don't get bothered by it. I don't think anybody should get bothered by it because you get there one way or the other. It's kind of something that as long as the end justifies the means kind of thing and people that, you know, for me, for example, I I think this is actually a perfect example. I think my sophomore year of college, I was kind of getting into guitar a little bit more, you know, more so than like Jack Johnson riffs, like acoustic guitar, just chilling. It's like, I'm kind of like, Ooh, I like blues rock and like soloing. I've always kind of enjoyed it. Like even like eighties hair metal. I was like into high school. Yeah. I went through a phase and, um, listen to stranglehold by Ted Nugent. You'll understand. Anyways, uh, I used to do that and I, I kind of got into it. I kind of got into it again. I was like, Oh, I'm kind of into this like rock sound a little bit like blues and, and like soloing. I'm into the jam. And I, I like kind of started, I saw like a good John Mayer solo video and then I kind of got a couple of his albums and I got really into, I've always admitted how I have, like, I fucking love that guy's music and I got into it and I was like, damn, this is blues rock, but it's blues pop rock. You know, it's blues pop rock made in early 2000s, mid 2000s. And don't get me wrong. I love his music, but it's not like true blues. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, according to the definition established by the sixties, seventies and eighties, you know, any of those prolific blues artists that came out of that era, you know, like buddy guy, um, Albert King, BB King, Stevie Ray Vaughan. But I eventually found my way back there and I wasn't a fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan specifically. And I think I mentioned either this podcast or the last one, I actually really enjoy his music now. I'm like fucking totally into him and, and like trying to learn his stuff on guitar. It's so technically difficult. My God, so fucking hard, mad. Like until, until you actually play an instrument yourself, you'll never truly, truly understand the greatness, truly understand the greatness of these musicians musicians. And that's not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to sound hoity toity in the sense that I'm like, Oh, I'm, you know, I play an instrument. I'm better than you. No, but when you play it, you fucking get it. You're like, Oh, that's how much time and energy they actually have to put into that. It doesn't just come naturally to them. You know, it, it becomes their life. And so I essentially made that transition from John Mayer to 
Stevie Ray Vaughan like that. And the same thing has happened with jazz too. You know, I listened to Bad, Bad, Not Good first. And then eventually I kind of, I mean, I never listened to them that heavily, but I always was like, this is the kind of jazz I'm into. And then I found that sound within jazz um, back in the day, back from the, you know, 60s or 70s. I'm like, oh, this holds up. This is like a great old film. And so the same thing can be applied to movies. Same thing can be applied to TV, everything like that. So if you are one of those people, just don't feel guilty. You know, I think I, when I responded to his email, I think I likened it actually to, I likened it to John Mayer because it's a good comparison. But on top of that, I think I compared it to movies and it's kind of like, I mean, really simply, like if you like a superhero movie and you go see the newest, you know, adventures with all the effects, you're like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. It's like, well, maybe go watch a classic. And this doesn't totally compare because if you watched a classic and had to deal with the special effects, you'd fucking hate it. Um, You'd be like, wow, this is so unrealistic. But I mean, I don't know if you go back and watch uh, like the old Superman movies. I never really got into them, but I would figure if you were just into superhero movies, you'd get a kick out of them. Or even a better example, like thrillers, if you like a good tense film and you see Gone Girl and you're like, oh, this is my kind of movie. I need a thriller. I need I need something to keep me on the edge of my seat. And then you go watch The French Connection. You're like, oh, shit. Like this has been going on for a while now. I've been out of the loop. And that's kind of the cool feeling when you get that too because it kind of gives you a little bit of respect for the um, old musicians and artists. And you kind of go, okay, you know, I, I can I can get it. I can get behind it whether or not it's something I fully understand or grew up with. So uh, either way, that's a... I just looked at the clock. It's like a seven-minute tangent slash story. But um, if you ever have been wondering that or been questioning yourself and you're listening to new artists and you go, well, I don't give a fuck about the old blues musicians. I don't give a fuck about the old electronic musicians. Well, you know what? I say don't worry about it because you'll get there. You'll get there. You'll find the time and eventually you'll get so into the genre. The genre. Uh, you'll you'll eventually, you know, pave your way and get into that actual get into that actual sound or, or look or feel or whatever, uh, medium it is and whatever you're going to be actively pursuing. So, um, on that note, I, I guess I, I could talk about the movies I saw recently. Although they were both kind of like crap movies and it's funny because crap, crap is a funny word. They were crap movies. They were shit movies. Let's be real. We curse a lot on this podcast. We get we get down and dirty. Um, they were they were kind of shit movies. Like in terms of in terms of the kind of film films I actually talk about on this podcast. And uh, it's funny. Like I texted my brother. I saw um, that Mike and Dave movie, and I think I mentioned it last week. And I said, "Dude, it was actually hilarious." Everything. And he goes, "You're the guy that will trash Star Wars." And I might have said this on the last podcast, but you're the guy that will trash Star Wars. Uh, completely like I did on that. I think I went on like 10 minute rant on one of those episodes, the earlier episodes. It's like, you'll trash that. And then you'll go love Mike and Dave. It's like, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know who I am. I'm, I'm strange. I'm sorry. Um, I'm mixed bag, but I ended up seeing a couple movies like those movies that you, you definitely see on the marquee at the theater. And that's actually not a thing. They don't have like marquees for theaters anymore. It's kind of sad, but you, you see their advertising and, you're just like, I'm not going to spend a full movie ticket on it. I, I just, I don't know why there's just certain movies like that where like, eh, like the revenant. I'm like, I'm there. I will spend $15 to see Leo battle a bear. Like literally give me that 10 minute scene. And that's all I fucking need. But anyways, sorry. I had to pull away from the mic for a sec. Um, but something like, uh, what did I see? What were they called? Keanu and Popstar. 
So Keanu, the cat movie with Key and Peele, where they have to like rescue a cat. And it's like a dumb comedy. And then the other one was Pop Star. It's like a satire, uh, spoof documentary, mockumentary, I guess. And they were both funny as hell. Like they were really good movies, but they were just movies I wouldn't really see in theaters. And I'm not going to suggest them on the podcast. I just kind of want to update what movies I have seen. Uh, and those are a couple of them. I, otherwise, I, I haven't seen any new movies, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mentioned last week, I, I, last episode, I saw Mike and Dave. I haven't seen anything else in theaters. I do want to go see Woody Allen's new film, Cafe Society. It has Jesse Eisenberg, and it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, so we'll see if that's actually good. I, I did not enjoy Magic in the Moonlight. I thought that was a trash film, and I thought it just wasn't believable, and the character depth was non-existent, I guess, so... I don't know. I haven't watched I haven't watched that a lot of movies and I don't watch movies as much as I used to. I used to be such a movie buff and I grew up being like I want to work in the movie industry. I want to and now, you know, you get to a point I'm kind of like I want to work in the television industry. I want to work in that's where it's thriving. The best storytelling is there and holy shit. There's a cat on top of the parking garage. For like one of those like shaded, it's it's not like a garage, but just one of those shaded like awnings that they have for like a bunch of cars, like rows. And I'm on the second floor. I live in a townhome, so I'm up here. There's just a fucking cat just chilling up there. God damn it! To be a cat, what a life. Good lord, what are you doing, sir? It's so strange. Oh god, he's walking up here. Oh, okay, no, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um. Anyways. No good new movies, nothing like that. I, I don't really think I have any suggestions in that regard. And, oh shit, before I get to movies, I have a funny story I want to tell. I have a fucking hilarious story. Well, it's not much of a story, but <laughs> how would that build up and then that? Uh, oh my god, I have the best story. Actually, it's kind of fucking terrible, but <laughs> it's like, why the fuck did you build it up like that? But... I remember one podcast I was bitching about uh, the two like work songs where there's like one and actually I might not have gotten it. You maybe maybe you never heard that because uh, that might have been the podcast I recorded like halfway through and my old computer just could not hang. And by the way, this MacBook Air is hanging in. It's 42 minutes. The bottom's a little hot, but it's hanging in there. Oh, this is fucking beautiful. Anyways, uh, that was something I. I, I talked about I, one way or the other, and if I haven't, you know, it's ridiculous. You don't really need to talk about it much. Oh, my God, the cat is getting closer. I repeat, the cat is getting closer. He's, like, within six yards of me. Jesus, dude, he is chilling hard just on this roof. Man, I think I think you almost, oh, you, you almost have to choose being a cat over a dog in terms of, like, what lifestyle you'd rather just because, and, and I know I sound fucking crazy saying that because obviously dogs have the most relaxing lifestyle, but if you want to talk about like cool and fun and adventurous dude, let's be real a fucking cat because you're doing your own thing the entire time. And you're just, they can climb anything. Like how did he get up there? I that literally, it's like 10 feet high. Like, like I couldn't even get up there on my own. I'd need a fucking ladder and this tiny little animal can figure it out. God damn. What a life. Anyways, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Bringing this full circle. Um, I did want to get to this. Yeah, so uh, I, that, I I bitched about those two songs, the Rihanna song and then the other one. I don't know who the fuck sings it. And they're both like, they have like work repeated in the chorus. And they said, they're both like catchy and good pop songs. Like if I heard them at a club, either one, I wouldn't tell the difference. But I'd be like, ooh, yes. I heard them at a club. <laughs> and I not only heard one of them at a club going, oh, wow, I, yeah, this song's fun. This song's really fun. No, I heard one mashed up into the other at a club. I'm like, are you like, Jesus Christ. 
I couldn't believe it. That's like watching Star Trek and then like watching the new Star Trek. I'm like, God damn, that was fucking awesome. And then right after the movie ends, they go and prepare for the new Star Wars episode eight or whatever it would be like. And then they just fire that up after you're like, wait a minute. These are kind of the same. Like, do we really want to put these together? Like, aren't we all going to connect the dots here? Like I was sitting there like, God fucking damn it. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I got down in the club. But it was uh, it was fucking hilarious. I just I just had that thought. I literally grabbed my phone, um, and I'm just I just wrote like here's what I've written to myself like a fucking idiot when I'm I'm like having some drinks. Work, work into work, work at club, lol. Like I have to write lol to be like it's a funny story, George. You have to know this. Fucking hilarious though. I was cracking up when I was there. I just couldn't believe it. Um, so anyways, onto TV miniseries. I was talking last week. I'm into miniseries now. And I think, um, I think it's really the best storytelling medium. I think it's for the future. I think it's perfect for the internet age. And I think it's perfect for genuine storytelling, authentic storytelling. And so last week I talked about the night of, and, um, I'll just bitch about that for a second and then we'll get to, we'll get to the, my actual, my actual miniseries suggestion that you need to watch. So I watched uh night of last night and I watched the third episode, made sure to get it in before getting on the podcast. And I must say it was fucking slow. Sorry for the long pause there. I heard something in my, my place. I, I guess my roommate's home. I just didn't hear him get in. <laughs> You're like, why is there so much buildup? But it was fucking slow. And Okay, the first episode, and I, I mentioned this, but I, this first episode was brilliantly done. It was so tense. It was an hour and a half long. It was like a, it was a film. It literally was. It was a beautiful thing. I was, it was so tense, and it had a few corny moments near the end, but they were well earned. I thought, I thought they were well earned by the writers and whoever was putting together the, the, um, the show. But the next two episodes, man, slower than shit. And I saw the second episode, and I'm like, all right, this is gonna be. We're going to have to pace ourselves a little bit. Obviously, you have an episode that crazy. It's, you know, there's an ebb and a flow to everything musically, um, you know, movie-wise, anything like that. It needs to happen. It needs to be there. You need to give the audience time to breathe. It's like when people say, when people tell you in a screenwriting class, they say, I don't care if it's a, you know, a, a super serious drama, something about, you know, a historical biopic, whatever. It's like, no, you need to have laughs in there because you need to give the audience a break. And it's the same thing. Um, so I get it, you know, just in terms of an episode, you can't have a fucking banger every time it's like thrown. So, uh, but the same thing kind of happened in the third episode. It was a little slower. It was, it was significantly slower. Um, both, both episodes have like ultimately been that slow and it's just kind of like, man, are you going to live up to the tension? But I, I think they'll get there. I, I ultimately have faith and I'm not trying to bash the show because I do enjoy its premise. And I think it's timely considering making a murder and all those, uh, true crime shows that are super famous now, but nonetheless, it's. Uh, just a little, you know, it's kind of like, fuck, like I was watching both episodes and, and really nothing, nothing that serious happened. They just show him finally going to jail and like the process it is and going to jail, which is cool. I like getting that inside look. I thought that's interesting, but there's not really much substance to it. I, I don't know. And, and they really fucking hammer home some points. Okay. And if you've watched the series at all, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I hope you have, because otherwise the shit's going to be completely lost on you. But there's like two significant themes. Okay. Um, one we've got, we've got the dad with the dad of the kid who gets arrested or not the dad. Um, I'll get to that later. Um, the lawyer of the kid who gets arrested has like eczema on his feet 
And it's something they hammer home where like every scene he's in, it's a part of it. Every, literally every scene. And, and if you've watched the show, you might not have noticed. Watch it now. Every scene ends with, how are the feet? And he's got like eczema on his feet and that's his thing. And he wears like sandals to like air them out and he's trying to deal with it. And it's like, I get it. That's kind of like his character. You relate to him. Like that sucks. I wouldn't want that for me either. But it's so weird. Every scene, how are the feet? How are the feet doing? How are the toes? How's the big toe? You're like, fuck, why do you like, come on every single time. I swear to you. I swear to you. Um, there's a scene where he's at a support group. I didn't, I didn't mind that. I was like, okay, that's cool. I didn't know that was like that serious of a thing. And it sounds shitty. I'm not trying to say like, I'm not trying to have karma come around for me. I'm not saying having eczema doesn't suck. I'm just saying, focusing on it in every scene, like people aren't like that in real life. And that's my problem with the show. There's certain times where I'm much, I, I like things to be authentic. I like things to be real. And then that's when I'm going to suggest the newest miniseries. Um, it's not new, but uh, the one that I highly recommend you watch because it's super authentic. It's super real, raw, and like it's life. And sometimes with the night of, it, it lacks that a little bit. And I get it. It's got to be a thriller. It's got to be a drama. It's got to be over the top sometimes. But there's a scene when the judge literally is like handling his um, bail hearing, I think. And he drops an F-bomb or two to somebody. And I, I detected my brother who works in law. And I was like, would a judge ever do this at a, at a, like, a, 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 like sentencing or a, a parole hearing or ever, anything? Like, I don't know, would he ever do this? Um, uh, what was it, a bail, a bail hearing? Or would he do it at, like, I, you know, it's in New York, so maybe he'd have attitude. And he's just like, fuck, no, he would not. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, that's what I thought, because I saw that. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I, I don't know. That shit threw me off. Um, it kind of just was like a little over the top. And and so, I, I mean, I kind of have been frustrated with the show the past two episodes. So we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, and we'll see how it keeps we'll see how it keeps rolling. I'm sure it'll pick up and I'm excited for the trial to start. But I do want to just get to the next show, and then I'll, I'll hit you with a song at the end. It's getting hot in my room because I got to turn off the AC to do this fucking podcast. That's how long the air conditioning unit, or how loud the air conditioning unit is in my house. So, um, the show I want to suggest that I had to tease last week on the thirty minute episode. It sucked. Um, it's called Olive Kitteridge. Olive Kitteridge. That's kind of. I just kind of like saying it like that. I don't know. I sent snaps to people when I'm watching the. Um, a friend of mine from. Uh, study abroad suggested it and I was like all right I'll watch it and I fucking was engrossed it was so good and it was four episodes all I think an hour hour 10 maybe and just fucking phenomenal um phenomenal like I I mean honestly one of the best shows I've watched one of the best miniseries one of the best collection of episodes I don't know how else to put it I, it's fucking beautiful and essentially it has um Francis McDormand and the guy who plays fuck what is his name let's pull it up I'll, I'll pull it up while i describe what's going on here but essentially francis mcdormand and um richard jenkins i can actually think of it the dad from Step Brothers, but he's a great actor you know he's a phenomenal actor and francis mcdormand she's actually married to one of the coen brothers but um she's talented as well and it's literally them married when they're a little younger not younger but they're in like 30s 40s and the first episode is kind of dealing with every episode of the miniseries and there's just four deals with different themes and there is kind of a psychedelic aspect to it as well and, and a very imaginative portion of it as well and it deals with mental issues too so the first episode kind of deals with infidelity the second episode deals with 
kind of mentality, psychology, psychosis, literally crazy people. And you see crazy things in, in terms of like when I mentioned it being imaginative, you, you see imagery where it's just like, oh my God, this is strange to see in the real world, but it mashes up with the show's tone so well that it takes you, it kind of catches you off guard, but it really fits the world of the story. So it's totally viable. And then the third episode deals with, I would say, love. And, and even the second episode does with that as, you know, they all deal with that, but like third episode deals with true love and loss and kind of the fourth episode hammers that home as well. And, and really I'm being so vague about it because I just don't want to give too much away, but really it just deals with them in a relationship together. They're in this small sea town. They have the first episode, they have a child and, uh, he's younger, like 10 years old and she's a hard ass. She's fucking kind of you can, she's like bipolar or depressed or something. She's just that lady. She kind of pisses people off and he's the other way around Richard Jenkins character. He, uh, what he does is, I mean, he's just like the kind of likable guy around the town. They live in a small town on the East coast. He just, everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. He's like the pharmacist, you know, just kind of like that guy on the corner. And, um, it deals with that. Then the second episode, it jumps like 10 years. And I was like, Whoa, this spans a little bit of time and it's fucking beautiful. And next episode jumps another 10 years, another 10 years. I would say it probably spans 30 to 40 years, uh, around there. And it deals with their relationships with their children, people in the town, husband and wife and crazy things happen. Crazy things happen that are so phenomenally written that they take you they're so like out there in terms of what happens that you're like, Oh my God, like anytime this happened in any other show, you'd be like, this is unbelievable. I can't buy into this. It's not like that at all. It's completely separate. Um, it's completely viable and it's super authentic and super real raw and just like true life. It's so relatable and you're dealing with an older relationship of people, even in their sixties or seventies. And it's still something you can relate to even for me being a 23 year old. So Highly recommend it's on HBO called Olive Olive Kit Rage. And um that about does it for this episode. And it was kind of a little all over the place. I might have been talking fast, not making great points, but I'm sorry. I came from a I came from a work happy hour and I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna have another beer and do a podcast, so let's do it. And um and the computer made it uninterrupted. I'm just so proud of my new Mac. Oh my god. And it was hot before it's actually cooled down a little bit. We're fifty four minutes in. What a beautiful thing. Sometimes you gotta spend money to make money, people. Once I get ads. Um <laughs> All right, so what song am I going to leave you guys with? I don't really... I played some Bad Bad Not Good. I played a lot of music. Um, I was thinking of playing guitar, but that's going to take effort to set up. Let's see here. What have I added to the playlist? You know what? Fuck it. Let's just play this song. Beautiful song. God damn. Um... I might have mentioned I love it. This is on the Spotify family playlist, which if you haven't followed, you need to follow. I think we actually have like 15 followers now. Um, it's incredible. And uh, it's it's the best party playlist you'll ever hear because it's a party playlist that you can get down to with anybody, but you can also play it when you're chilling out, relaxing, um, maxing all cool and all, shooting some people outside of the school. And no, but really, you can just kick it and listen to that music and just enjoy the hell out of it and just lay back and you can also get down to it. I mean, I love a fucking party playlist like that where it's not too heavy bangers or anything like that. And that's why we created it. It's phenomenal. And I want you to enjoy this. This is the can't do without you extended mix by caribou. I don't think I've played it on this podcast before. It's one of my favorite songs right now. One of my favorite songs of all time. Enjoy. And how exciting is it? The laptop made it the entire time. 
Thank you for listening. This has been Content for the Culture, episode 18. Um, your boy, George. I shouldn't say boy, George. <laughs> your boy, George. Um, this is George hosting. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Anybody listening right now and made it this far as well, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. And if you can, rate and review on iTunes and hop on Spotify and um, hop on Spotify and uh, follow some of my playlists. Check it out. Follow my profile and check out contentfortheculture.com for any more info. Otherwise, you have a great fucking weekend and a wonderful rest of your Thursday night. Or you'll probably hear this by Friday at least. But either way, thank you for listening and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you.